0: Okay, new podcast, March twelfth. It's been twenty days, I guess. Right? That's how math works. Eighteen days. It's been weeks since the last podcast. Uh, I was done in Nashville. Had a good time. Didn't do any sourcing really. It was just a vacation. I took a lot of video for a vlog that I should be posting. Not even a vlog really. Just like a a video about a few things to do in Nashville. The issue I have with trying to film travel videos is there's no way I could possibly ever show all of the things you can do somewhere. And so it's a matter of trying to figure out what's best. Uh, and that quickly becomes, uh, an exercise in like nihilism (laughs) because nothing is the best. It's all based on, you know, what you enjoy. Uh, what I enjoy is barbecue and whiskey and seeing waterfalls and that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. I'm a big country music guy. Uh, but another issue with Nashville is it's so wide. Maybe that's the right word. It's so it, it's a by area. It's a huge city. The population is is under three quarters of a million, which I was surprised by. It's a very big downtown area. A of high rises. But um, it must just be a very wide area. You know, I, I think Atlanta by by area is the largest city, and I think Detroit's up there too. But Nashville has to be, you know, I mean, compared to a little tiny island town, like not island, not literally, you know, island me- metaphorically, like San Francisco, Nashville's huge. It took us, you know, we walked three miles d- d- to the downtown and three miles over and three miles back, and we had hardly even uh, scratched the surface of the uh, Nashville, I don't know, pudding. What's a, what's a dessert a dessert in the south is bread pudding is that that's that's british um, sweet tea ice cream bowl we barely scratched our bowl of sweet tea ice cream that fell apart fast so uh, what did I enjoy about Nashville I enjoyed how affordable things were there it's fun to look at houses and apartments and that kind of stuff to see how the prices um, stack up against other major cities and it is cheap it's cheaper than where I live now certainly cheaper than uh, you know New York or Austin, Texas, or Seattle, or Portland, or San Francisco, or Los Angeles. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, I'd say mid-tier affordability. A lot of people there from, um, you know, around the area. I would say, like, the people who go down to the Broadway is, like, their tourist street district. We're all, like, the loud country bars are, country music bars, and there's just a lot of stuff that, like, Personally, it doesn't really appeal to me. I like seeing it just for the sake of seeing tourist stuff. I like I like that as like a concept. Uh, I don't really partake in it, but I enjoy observing it and how others partake in it. And that seemed to be very homogeneous in terms of like who was there. Uh, and my my guess is it's a lot of people from like the middle of the country um, in more rural areas or like small towns. That go there for like the big city, yeehaw! Uh, but once you get out of there, we were in—I forget—Hillsboro. I think that's by like Vanderbilt Hospital. We were by a lot of college campuses. There are a lot of colleges there. Quite a few uh, upper university, you know, higher education. There's, uh, let's see, there's Tennessee State. There's Vanderbilt. There is uh, Lipscomb. Lipscomb Bison's—I think—is their name or Buffalo. They, would, you know, they sometimes get into the the NCAA basketball tournament. There's Belmont. Belmont is is renowned, or at least where I know them from is their music management program. I think it's the Belmont Bears. They have a pretty good basketball team too. They're one of those small schools like Davidson, you know, alum uh, where where Stephen Curry or Steph Curry went, not Stephen Curry, where Steph Curry went. Stephen Curry, uh, he went to went to Davidson. Uh, they're they're a school like that. You know, I I don't know. I think they may be in the Ohio Valley. Is that what Belmont's in? I, I don't really know the name of the conference. But they don't, you know, they, they focus on basketball as their main main sport. Uh, that and, and, you know, country music management. But once we got out of the, the main downtown area, uh, it was a, a lot more variety. You know, it still wasn't very expensive. Even like the college street where we were, there was all these thrift store pop-ups. Not thrift store, all these reseller pop-ups selling vintage tees. I did peruse that. I had no intention of buying anything. but it was interesting to see you know price points and we saw pretty much graphic tees you know like nascar any like vintage graphic tee with a theme to it was like 20 25 bucks which is what you can expect at a pop-up probably um you know they've got a couple hundred or a couple thousand even shirts around there so they're just trying to move make you know move volume you move 100 shirts at 25 bucks a pop you're making some decent money for a weekend sitting out in a uh, they were in this case they were out at a, um, a gas station like in the parking lot we got you know brunch there had a, a whole lot of barbecue too too much barbecue decent amount of whiskey I'm not a big drinker uh and, and the way it is there I think I think the state has or the counties have laws against where you can drink I know that like Jack Daniel's is in Lynchburg and it's a dry county so you can only, like, sip alcohol with a tour. Where we went, one of the... one of the It was a tasting room that we just bought drinks at. And that was, like, down in... Near downtown by the capital. And then we went to, um... Leap Fork. Leaping Fork, something like that. Uh, a, a small town. Rural area. Where there was a distillery. And they gave you, like, less than a shot of alcohol between the three that you tasted. You know, it's interesting to hear him talk about it. But, um... I wouldn't necessarily say it was like a good deal, and I kind of like to get a good deal. Like when you go on like a beer brewery tour up here, they give you a lot of beer. I I, I have been trying to um, reintroduce beer to my diet with little success. I think I, I can have the equivalent of like a shot of beer <laughs> before my stomach starts to feel a little bit weird. I can have like a chicken nugget, um, breaded chicken nugget. So uh I'm my my hope is if I have a lot of like probiotics and kimchi and that you know that good stuff uh I can regrow some of the gut flora that helps digest gluten and uh, have some more beer because I, I don't I'm not like a celiac I took the I got my my blood tested to see what I what I am and what I'm not and uh I just have a sensitivity to it you know for whatever reason I think it's because When I eat it, I eat too much. And then I went cold turkey for a few years just having none of it. And that may have kind of uh, affected my gut bacteria. But nothing that you can't, you know, acknowledge and potentially even change with dietary choices. So, uh, anyways, that's what I've been doing and why I have been doing a podcast, really. Um, Resale-wise, I went to Target today. To look for some retail arbitrage finds, and I saw nothing at Target toys in the toys department. Um, I just went through a few aisles of like what I what my theory was that like mystery toys. So there's this like trend for a few years now, maybe even longer. I'm not sure. Where they sell like a small little minifigure in a you know an, an opaque polypropylene bag or whatever the hell that plastic is. Or like, a, you know, a little block of sand with a, a, a fake gemstone in there. Stuff that, it's, you, you open it up, and when you open it up, that's like part of the allure. Um, so I thought those might be going for a premium. Uh, and they are, but none of them sell in a large enough quantity or reliably enough to, to make worth r- r- recommending it or buying it. Um, so I just filmed looking at the toys. And I'm going to put it on my channel called Demo Everything. And I, cause I've been noticing a lot of videos where it's just like shop with me and some of them can get in the millions of views. And so if I can, you know, if I can film a bunch of those videos as I'm out sourcing or researching things and just put that up, that content that I can't use for my resale channel, um, put it to good use. That's a win in my book. Uh, I've just been kind of filming the toys that I bought, uh, to, to resell, uh, filming those, putting those up. Just trying to see where I can get some traction. Um, with the, the thrift store video that I filmed, I'm trying to film a thrift haul and then only show things that I make more than 50 bucks on. So I'm going to see if I can kind of combine those two genres of video into one video and maybe um, get more suggested views. But I definitely have to begin, I have to find probably three or four new like niches that I can get, that I can get an audience out of on my main channel. Um, because the number of new YouTubers who are doing resale stuff just grows every day. and it's great. I'm glad people are doing it and making money off that and showing their what they enjoy and helping others. But in terms of like having a reliable income for like five years from now, uh, I don't think that it's gonna wise for me to only do resale content. Um, you see it with everyone's channel. you know, everybody has their ups and downs. But the general trend is that uh, unless you're really good about changing your content to match what's popular, your, your audience is going to kind of dwindle off um, unless you update your format and that kind of stuff, which again, like it's probably because they're just making money. You know, their, their interests have changed. Your audience's interests have changed and that's not a big deal, but it's just like when you, when you begin to think about YouTube as a business, then you have to take those things into account and, you know, make your content uh, accordingly. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Resale-wise, I've been seeing a lot of camping stuff go on sale. I think camping is probably going to be a lot bigger this year than it was last year. Outdoor stuff in general, everyone just is so fed up with being locked down. You know, the various forms of lockdowns there are. I saw Texas is is mask-free, but that doesn't mean that businesses are not going to require them. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to have restrictions about, like, you know, I mean, at least in Michigan, I think we're going to have restrictions for who, how many people you can have in a restaurant for who knows how long. Certainly through the summer. Probably for a year longer, you know, at least. Because um, I just don't, I don't see everyone getting vaccinated <laughs> anytime soon. Even though, supposedly, by May 1st, everyone who wants to get one is going to be eligible in the United States. So, I don't know. I think camping is going to be big. I think, you know, um, Beyblades appear to be making a comeback. I saw a whole lot of Beyblade Bay, Bay, <laughs> Bay stuff at Target, and that seemed to be uh, selling out. Uh, Pokemon stuff is selling out, obviously, Pokemon cards. I'm seeing a little bit of movement on these mini-brand um, mini t- figurine toys, but they don't seem to be selling for a large premium. I almost bought a bunch of Dragon Ball Z cards. Packs of Dragon Ball Z cards are uh, are four dollars at Target. I almost bought a lot of those, but I decided not to just because I don't really know the market that well, and that'd be me just like, "Hey, trading cards are in. Let's buy more trading cards." Um, I sold my uh, my Top Shot stuff. I bought a pack for fourteen bucks off Top Shop, and I sold it a day later. The cards for about six hundred bucks, um, and I probably could have made more if I sold like immediately afterwards. I probably could have got about two thousand dollars if I sold both my cards as soon as I got them, but uh, I kind of bought into the hype for a few hours uh, that, oh, it's only going to go up, and I I I don't know. I'm sure that there are a lot of cards, like LeBron card, you know, digital cards, or uh, guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame besides LeBron, um, or who already are in the Hall of Fame, where the, the value will rise or hold, but the guys that I had were just like, you know... One was Devin Booker, who's an all-star, and that might have been a card that goes up in value. Uh, but I got like 400 bucks for it, um, which put me at the highest sale outside of like serial number one or one or two. So uh, I was fine with that. The other card was um, a rookie, Jordan Noya or something like that. I don't remember how to say his name. It was um, NW something, so I'm sure you know who that is if you follow basketball. And I sold that for 200 bucks. Um, Again, you know, late second round pick. I watched a few of his highlights. He doesn't look that good. Maybe he will be good. Who knows? Uh, But I I figured if I can get money for those cards, I'm going to get it for him now. Get money for for the cards now, the digital cards, the top shot cards. uh, Because I really have very little faith that in five years, this is going to be, you know, a no-brainer. I kept my lowest value card on the off chance. that Like, oh, the first, you know, beta cards are worth way more. For some odd reason, but um, my the what my my thought right now on NFTs, so like digital art that you know serialized digital art that has proof of ownership, is just take the money and run. Um, I'm probably you know for for anything that's like not like especially rare or like historic, for just like the average stuff that's probably getting like priced up because of the hype, cash in on that hype. That's what I think, but again, I'm not you know. I'm not somebody who's making millions of dollars off this. I'm not beeple crap over here. I'm just uh, watching, watching markets and reacting. So I'm going to end the podcast here. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it made sense to you. Hope I gave you a few, uh, a few little nuggets in there along with a little bit of me talking about Nashville. And I will see you guys in about a week.